Football is officially back, and we've got you covered right here on the Ringer NFL feed. I'm Shiel Kapadia, and every Tuesday and Friday, Ben Solak and I will be bringing you Extra Point Taken. Nora Princiati here to tell you that Steven Ruiz and I will be coming to you every Monday and Thursday. Our Monday show will recap everything from Sunday's games. Thursday's show will encompass any news during the week with an eye towards the next slate of games. Subscribe to the Ringer NFL show on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Be sure to follow the Ringer NFL on Instagram, TikTok and Twitter at Ringer NFL. It's New York, New York, presented by FanDuel. Take a shot at betting the NBA with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, you can check out the new and improved Parlay Hub, filter by odds, sport, and bet type to easily find the most popular parlays and same game parlays all on one page. Plus, start betting on the Explore page and the Pulse and bet live same game parlays for every NBA game. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, official partner of the NBA. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 100 Gambler or visit rg-help.com. This episode is brought to you by Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence, and Trello help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually, we're great, but together, we're so much better. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com. A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com. Atlassian. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. Let's roll, baby. Welcome in. It is a Tuesday into Wednesday bonus edition of New York, New York with yours truly, J.J. Johnson-Stremski, rocking and rolling right here on the Ringer Podcast Network. And ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, it has taken 35 and a half years. And I never thought I would be the old man yelling at the cloud. Well, I think we now have reached the point where John Jastrzemski has turned into the 35-and-a-half-year-old who's yelling at a cloud because I am just beside myself going nuts today, trying to figure out, trying to understand all the permutations, all these dopey tiebreaker scenarios involving this stupid NBA playing tournament. I can't take it. I can't take it. And look, I love basketball. I will watch the games if they end up in Vegas next week. The Knicks are playing. Sure, I'm going to watch. Did I give any more of a flying you-know-what about Friday or tonight or any of these games because it was the in-season tournament? No. It is this NBA creation to try to drum up additional fan interest, additional revenue, trying to motivate the idea that players are playing for something. whoop the freaking do Please. The idea that I am supposed to now, with my heart and soul, look at this in-season tournament, anything more than one out of 82, it's so nonsensical. It, it, it's so just NBA-created. And, and I know, listen, some of my colleagues aren't going to like my opinion. I don't give a rat's ass about that. 
I know all the NBA people are going to be like, JJ, you don't get it. You're out of touch, blah, blah, blah. Well, you know what? I'm right. You're wrong. I'm right. You're wrong. Why all of a sudden now do you need an in-season tournament to drum up fan interest? It's November and December NBA basketball. Why, why can't it stand on its own merits and its own, on its own legs? Instead, I need a PhD and a freaking calculator. In all seriousness, I had to ask Stefan today, earlier today, what happens if the Knicks win? What happens if the Knicks lose? Oh, and then we get into point differential. What are we doing? Come on. You guys really care about this? Like, uh, let's put it this way. Let me, let, let me, let me throw this in layman's terms. If the Knicks somehow, some way, win the in-season first ever tournament in Vegas, are you like really fired up about that? To me, the Knicks win a couple of regular season games. You know, I just saw on my Twitter a few moments ago, oh, it would, it, it would drum up the experience of playing the Celtics in the playoffs. One game in Vegas in December is all of a sudden now going to simulate a best of seven environment with the Knicks, by the way, they already participated in a best of seven playoff environment last year and played in the second round against Miami. I was more happy about the fact the Knicks on Friday night stuck it to Miami being down 20-something points. Not this whole narrative and notion of, oh, they keep their hopes alive for the in-season tournament. Please. You're never going to get me waving pom-poms about it. And if I need, like, all sorts of thesauruses and, and, and dictionaries and, 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 like, typed out, in-out explanations, it's just, uh, to me, uh, it's just, it's not for me. I'll watch. It's on. It's window dressing. It's regular season NBA basketball. Let's not make it something that's not. And unfortunately, this is the world we live in. People are now making it something that it's not. Now, maybe I'm not into it and I'm allergic to fun, according to some of you. That's fine. I could be allergic to fun. This is just, it's just nothing. It's, it's totally unnecessary. It's just totally, hey, let's grab more money. Let's try and make this an event in November and December. And I got news for you. It's never going to be an event. Our early season tournaments, which I watch. I'm as guilty as anyone. I watched all the Maui games last week when Syracuse was involved. And, you know, I watched Atlantis and a lot of the college basketball tournaments. I did. I'm, I'm a sucker for it. I watched it. But, like, do you really care if you win those tournaments? No. You don't. That's basically the equivalent of it. It's just, it, it just the, the entire event to me reeks of hokey. That's the way I see it. Hokey and a full-fledged money grab. If you're going to be hooning and hollering and going nuts next week, and that's your prerogative, more power to you. We'll, we'll cover it, of course. That's what we do around here. And if I realize it's a bigger story than maybe I'm giving it credit to, well, I'll give it a lot more coverage than it deserves. But just the, the, the NBA police that's coming after me today on Twitter, I mean, guys, where the hell were you a week ago when these in-season tournament games were going on? You were, you, were, you were really into it. It's just been a whole weird, bizarre set of circumstances that lead us to this point. That's the way I see it. So, you're never going to get me waving the pom-pom saying, oh, in-season tournament, baby. It's in-season tournament time. I'm fired up for the in-season tournament. I mean, really? Really? So, that's fine. Some of you guys and gals are into it. 
I mean, I'm sure the NBA people are like drooling. Oh, Vegas. So Milwaukee and, and Boston in November. Yeah, it's like the same to me as Milwaukee and Boston in November. If they were playing at TD Bank or they were playing at uh, what, 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 Fed, what, no, FedEx Forums, Memphis, wherever the hell Milwaukee plays these days. 182. That's the way I see it. Again, I probably sound like the old man yelling at the cloud, but the Knicks advance and they're going to play Milwaukee. And if that suits your fancy that they could get to Vegas, great. I'll be more into how the Knicks try to respond from losing to the Milwaukee Bucks earlier this year. But hey, that's the way I look at it. You could look at it any which way you want. But this had me all out of sorts. I mean, the fact that I need an explanation to figure out what the hell's going on here. And I'm a sports savant. That's a problem. Okay? That's a big, big problem. So uh, I'm down on this in-season tournament. You're into it? Great. I'm not. So that's number one. Number two, the Knicks. We're kind of at a point Ironically enough, where the NBA might have some teams taking a pause, but for some of these teams, they'll be going to Vegas. Where you kind of like take the temperature and you kind of look and see where your basketball team is. And, you know, simply put, I think the Knicks are exactly where I thought they would be when this season kicked off in October. They're over 500. They have done a brilliant job of taking care of teams that are sub 500. You saw that with Charlotte here on Tuesday night. They smoked them. Randall feasts against teams like this. That's his MO. Great to see Hart get comfortable, get back to where he was last year. That's the best I've seen Josh Hart in a long, long time. And listen, I think the biggest development from a positive standpoint with the Knicks has been, and I know he didn't have a great Tuesday, Barrett's been really good. I mean, look at the net rating when he plays and when he doesn't play. Knicks are a much different team and a much better team when he's out on the floor. And are we witnessing maybe the next evolution in R.J. Barrett's game where he's more comfortable shooting the outside shot, he's finishing around the basket, he's bringing it and is impacting the game in a variety of different ways defensively. You wonder how the Knicks internally can get better. He, to me, is the perfect example of that. And I think you've seen that in the early going of this year. So I think that's a really good sign for them as they move forward into this thing and take it into Christmas and beyond. So, Knicks exactly where I thought they'd be. You want to celebrate that during the in-season tournament. By the way, if the Knicks, if the Knicks put up a banner that they won the in-season tournament, I'm tearing it down. I I threaten that I'm not going to go the rest of the year, but that's just completely false and I'd be so full of shit. But, oh, I can't. I can't. I can't. It's so lame and hokey and corny. Please, please. Ugh. Ugh. Just it actually kind of really is starting to rub me the wrong way because of how like fake into it people have been. Like I just sense the phoniness and it's so over the top and it's so just like, oh, we gotta, you know, wave the banner of the NBA. It's bothering me, actually. As you can tell. As you can tell. All right. So we have that going on. We're about a week away from the winter meetings really get going, where a lot of the monster moves in this baseball offseason are gonna shake out. Heyman wrote a column today that I couldn't have disagreed with more. Basically saying, you know, the Yankees, they they got to grow their young players. They they shouldn't be taking a risk for one year for Juan Soto. I mean, please, John, I love you. Take that column and just burn it to the ground. I mean, you couldn't be more wrong. The Yankees desperately need Juan Soto. They need to do whatever it takes to go and get Juan Soto. So I, I'm having my coffee today, freezing my ass off. And maybe that's why I'm in a salty, ticked-off mood. Uh, reading this Juan Soto column, and I'm like, uh, excuse me, what? Yankees do Juan Soto. 
So I've been saying it for months. There's no surprise there. The other thing I saw today in baseball, and maybe this is, hey, we're a week out from the winter meetings. We need to generate content. We need to put a story out there about Yamamoto and the idea that, oh, well, number 18 has not been given out by the Yankees in the last two years. And, oh, what the... What does that mean for Yamamoto? It means nothing. <laughs> what are we what are we doing here with that like qualifies being a story? I get that 18 is a respected number in the Japanese tradition for an ace pitcher. If Yamamoto really wants the Yankees and the Yankees really want Yamamoto, do you do you honestly think that 18 is going to be like the deciding factor in yay or nay? I mean, what what on God's name are we doing? Seriously, what are we doing? Like, I'm, I'm reading that today. I'm like, wow, this is, this is the only way we can generate a headline and generate a couple of clicks and get a, a podcast host to go ballistic. Yeah, because I can't believe we're actually taking that to pen and paper or tending to the keys to the keyboard and, and writing it. But over the next few days, it'll be Yamamoto, it'll be Otani, it'll be Bellinger, and hopefully there'll be a resolution on what's going on with Soto. And hopefully that resolution is that Soto is going to be a New York Yankee. The final thing I want to get to here before we take a couple of calls and then we'll hear from our buddy CJ Uzama, who, by the way, could not be more of a pro considering how things have kind of shook out for the Jets, considering the way things have kind of shook out for him and some of the other veterans on this team where, let's be honest, CJ Uzama and Alan Lazard and a couple of the other guys on this group are not getting as much burn as they did about three weeks ago. And that's a tough pill to swallow. And yet he comes on with me and could not be more professional, sincere, charismatic. So, you know, in a day and age where a lot of these guys mail in these interviews, and they do, trust me, I've, I've heard them over the years. I've done them. But they just in and out, not getting that sense with CJ Uzama. So I want to give him a lot of credit for that. Um, but my final thought here, and this has been another thing that's really setting me off and is really pushing me over the edge. There are actually people suggesting, and I know it's a small question, and maybe I should not be looking at these fringes and getting all bent out of shape and all worked up, but I'm going to because it's the theme of my mood for this particular day. And trust me, I was in a really good mood. Syracuse won by 25 points. It looked great. I thought I was sitting pretty. It's not the weather, I promise. Everything has set me off in the last hour. Any Giant fan is going to suggest to me, despite how bad the NFC may be, that the Giants can get back in this thing, go home. Take your ball, go home to mommy, go eat chicken cutlets, and go to bed. The Giants are 4-8. Let, let me remind you of a simple fact, okay? And I'm not trying to be a Debbie Downer. I like the Tommy DeVito story. It's fun. For what it's worth, Stefan and I would have a great time tailgating with the DeVitos. I want to meet the DeVitos. I really do. And I didn't, I, I wasn't a fan of Tommy DeVito at Syracuse because he didn't play well at Syracuse and he transferred to Illinois and he was a blue chipper who just didn't pan out at the Cuse. So I, I, I wasn't waving pom poms for DeVito, but the story is fantastic. You know, journey, you know, gets a chance, practice squad, living at home, chicken cutlets, the whole deal, and now he's starting quarterback for the New York Giants. Like, it's a fun story. I want to root for it. 
And the DeVitos, I saw them they're dancing, they're smoking cigars, they're eating their food. Like, I, I want to be at that tailgate. Doing the Italian gesture? Yeah, I want to be there. I love it. But the Giants have two games left with the Eagles. So for any of you that want to suggest the notion and narrative that they could get back in this thing, despite how bad the NFC might be, they got two games with Philadelphia. Case closed. The Giants' season is over. You might be trying to find a positive that they've won a couple of games and they're out of that number one, number two sweepstakes. Season is over. And one last note on the Giants, because Shane met with the media yesterday. We poured the comments on SOY. And, you know, I was asked about the Daniel Jones one. And the fact that Joe Shane mentioned, hey, Daniel Jones won us 10 games last year. And Daniel Jones, you know, took us to the playoffs and won a playoff game last year. So, of course, I believe in him. For anybody who's trying to read into what that means for the quarterback next year, to say you're grasping is an understatement. What do you think Joe Shane's going to say? He just signed Daniel Jones to a $40 million contract. They owe him $40 million next year. And it really means nothing in the grand scheme of things for whether or not they want to go and get a quarterback. They want to go and get a quarterback and they fall in love with, I don't know, Penix or Bo Nix or Jalen Daniels at LSU. You give me the guy who's not Caleb Williams or Drake May. They can go take quarterback. So I'd be very, very careful in what you hear and what you try to read into when it comes to comments from a general manager made in late November when the draft and free agency and the offseason are months away. Shane is very good at being polite and being a gentleman without giving you a whole lot. And I don't think Shane's trying to be an ass in any way. I just don't think he's going to give you a whole lot. So I expect the Giants to do their due diligence on these quarterbacks. And whether they have a quarterback in the first round or the second round, they will have a quarterback in that room with Daniel Jones next year. Somebody that they draft and somebody that I think they are looking at as the guy who's going to take Daniel Jones' spot. And that question is when, not if. So a lot going on. We'll hear from C.J. Uzama in a little bit. Uh, I promise you, I'm going to be in a better mood on Thursday. I actually was in a good mood today. I was. Good run. Good chat with CJ. No traffic. Good dinner. I ordered my OC book that uh, Seppenwall wrote. I think that's his name. I cannot wait to read it. I've already read a few excerpts. I can't get enough. But you know what it is? I, I think it's you NBA police that want to come after me at Twitter on Twitter for being the guy yelling in the cloud. Yeah, I am yelling in the cloud. I don't understand this dopey NC's tournament. I don't, I don't like it. I'm not a fan. I think it's fake. I think it's hokey. And I think it's, you know, an Adam Silver creation trying to get you, me, and every Mo Larry and Curly into it. Not on my watch. All right, let's take a couple of calls. Hey, what's up, JJ? It's Pian Westchester here, man. Hope you're doing well. I just wanted to call here. It's, it's Tuesday evening. I'm not sure if you're taking, uh, taking calls, uh, today or tomorrow or, or maybe for Friday, but I just wanted to call about the Giants. And, you know, I, I called a couple of weeks ago about, you know, how this team was looking pretty ugly and how we were, you know, potentially getting to a Jake Prom level situation. But, you know, obviously we've won two very ugly games here and, you know, it's impacted our draft position and it's, you know, they're, they aren't the best looking wins. But, you know, when you think about where the Giants have been and, and where they're trying to go as an organization and as a culture, you know, this is a situation where, you know, this almost feels good in a way because, 
you know, as crazy as that may sound, you know, you're, you're trying to establish a culture here and an identity with Dable and, and, you know, the team here. So the fact that you're getting some wins, you're feeling a little bit better about yourself, you know, you have a story with DeVito, you know, again, maybe for the long term with DeVito, it's not necessarily important. But what is important here is clearly that Dable maybe has found something here to get the team back on track. You see the team on the sideline. You see the way play the way the defense is playing. Clearly, the team is still engaged. They're still locked in. And, you know, frankly, they look a hell of a lot better than the Jets do right about now in terms of passion and identity and heart. So pleased about that, even if it does impact the draft. And listen, you know, Patrick Mahomes was drafted after Mitch Trubisky. So clearly where you land in the draft, there could be, there's going to be a, hopefully a player there if you're in the top half that's going to be an impactful. And just because you're drafting Caleb Williams, number one, or Drake May, doesn't guarantee anything, frankly. So I'm kind of content with the trade there, as crazy as it may sound. Um, so good to see maybe Dable's getting a bit of that swagger back and, and Wink is getting the defense back on track as well. And I just wanted to ask you this as a neutral observer, you know, with the Dolphins here. You know, my, New York, um, you know, Jets and Giants fans, obviously, our, our response to this question would probably be a little painted based on the fact that our seasons have not really gone the way we wanted them to. But as a Dolphins fan, you know, where your team is doing quite well, you look across the league, um, do you feel a little bit like the, the product has slacked off this year and it's been a bit shittier this year? You know, just coming off this Bears and Vikings game, it was pretty brutal watch. I mean, a lot of these primetime games and generally games have not been as entertaining. So I'm just wondering if you can agree with that or if it's just the Giants and the Giants fan and me coming out uh, disappointed about the season. All right, man. Thanks and uh, hope all is well. Talk soon. Pete, outstanding phone call. Yes, I agree with that premise. And I think the main reason the quality of play has taken a hit with a lot of these NFL games is look at the quarterback position. Think about how many big star quarterbacks are out. Aaron Rodgers, out. Joe Burrow, out. Kirk Cousins, out. I just gave you three off the tip of my tongue. The quarterbacks that you thought maybe were going to make a jump and were going to be better have been comically bad. Mac Jones has been comically bad. Bryce Young, because of his situation in Carolina, has been comically bad. So I think that definitely plays a role. And, you know, I think we've seen adjustments made by a lot of the defenses in the league that, you know, have silenced some scoring. In a league where you're supposed to score and put up points as easy as ABC and one, two, three. So I, I absolutely agree with that premise. And that's what my team being eight and three on the year where everything is sunshine and lollipops for the time being. Now, as far as your point on the Giants. Here to me would be the biggest positive you have going with your coaching staff, and I compare it to what's going on with the Jets. I don't think Tommy DeVito is more talented than Zach Wilson. Now, you want to tell me he's more cerebral than Zach Wilson? I think that kind of goes without saying. I think Zach Wilson is one of the least cerebral quarterbacks as far as reading a defense and seeing what's there and deciding what to do. He's as bad as anybody I've ever seen in my life in that regard. But Tommy DeVito has barely been here. And you look at how he has progressed. I know that's Washington, and I understand it's it's New England. They're not great teams, but he's gotten better. And he's grown, and he's been coached up. And I think a lot of that credit's got to go to Brian Dable and Mike Kafka. What you're seeing from the Giants is something you are not seeing at the moment from the Jets. So I think that point as far as the coaching staff and the idea of Dable getting that juju and that swagger and that positive feeling back, yeah, that's a legitimate, fair, and reasonable stance to have with the team. Totally fair. 
And we'll see what Shane and Dave will do when they get their quarterback that will be the next guy, whether that's in the first round or the second round or whatever the case may be. So that's a fair assessment on a lot of different fronts. Let's take one more. Hey, JJ, one, uh, one point in the Giants, one point in the Jets. Uh, I do come from a mixed family through marriage, sibling rivalry, and spite. We're kind of even on both sides, but so quite a bit of insight, hopefully. Um, one, with the Giants, there is no downside in winning games, especially when you have a young core on this team. And, and you know, looking at Dayball, while he's had a lot of bumps this season coming off of last, we forget that you know, he is a good head coach, right? And he may be an actual quarterback whisperer in a league where they throw that term around like it's going out of style. Um, you look at what he did with Allen, uh, how he brought him along. And just look what he's done with uh, DeVito, you know, after having a few weeks with him coaching him at, while he's at QB1. I mean, like, like the guy's not a number one quarterback, but he's made some plays, right? He went from not throwing the ball at all to, you know, that 40 yard dive through the highest, uh, during the game. So, you know, there are too many awful teams in the NFL. I mean, too many blue chip players in Saquon, uh, you know, Dex Lawrence, Andrew Thomas, and the D is just too good for them to roll over. So all these guys were just upset and not ending the season at 215. That was never a possibility. This is a soft part of their schedule. And they were, they were good, uh, they were good, bad teams. Right. And, and, you know, with that, we know there's going to be another quarterback on this roster. Um, and, and I'm fairly confident whether it's, you know, Jim Daniels, you know, Knicks, Penix, whomever they come away with, that they'll get him in a place where he could be. And, and we're seeing across the league how valuable coaching is when it comes to putting a player in the right position. You know, look at Jalen Hurts versus the wrong one. Look at Justin Herbert. You know, the, the, the Chargers are just wasting his time. And, and right now I have a good feeling that. Joe Shane and, and Dable understand team building and, and hopefully they've been able to get it to a point where the Mauer meddling error has come to an end, right? And speaking of terrible QBs, it's possible that the Jets even have a higher pick than the Giants, right? And, and if so, are you confident that Joe Douglas and, and, and Salah are bringing along a young QB? I mean, they've already showed you they can't. And for whatever reason, it took, a, it took this long before they've both been held accountable, right? Uh, it, you know, Salah's been getting away. With not coaching Zach Wilson for two and a half years, Douglas has been getting away with not really having depth on this team for the last year plus, right? Look, neither of these guys is it, right? At least not now in their careers. And unfortunately, I think the presence of Rodgers keeps them both here next year. And look, look at Denver, by the way. I know the Jets won that little battle they had a few weeks back, but you look at the Broncos now, that is a team that is a prime example of what good coaching does. And you look at the Jets, no leadership. Um, constant penalties, doing the, the, the same bad things over and over and over again. Having Aaron Rodgers on this team doesn't fix uh, the, what, what Salah can't do as a coach and what uh, um, Douglas hasn't done um, over the past couple of years. All right, man. Love the show. Thanks. And I think you hit on something with the coaching and what a world of difference it can make. Here's going to be a major monkey wrench maybe for the Jets. They end up with a top 10 pick. We know Aaron Rodgers is calling the shots. Aaron Rodgers is going to be like, hey, I need a wide receiver. I need an offensive tackle. I need help for the 2024 New York Jets. At the same time, the Jets may be well positioned to go and get the heir apparent to Aaron Rodgers. It's not quite the Green Bay scenario because unlike Green Bay, this team has not won anything. They have not even been in the playoffs. Aaron Rodgers played four plays. But if you're the Jets, man, I'm thinking long hard about taking a quarterback in that spot, especially if the right guy is there. 
And is that something that you're going to get the blessing from when it comes to Mr. Rogers? That's a major, major monkey wrench that could be thrown into this offseason equation. So, a lot on the line these next few weeks. More than you think. All right, we'll have our buddy CJ Uzama. Tough spot because not a whole lot went right for him last weekend. Jets lose to the Dolphins. The Hell Mary. We're going with that one, by the way. Thank you, Mike Flegelman. The Hell Mary. I'm down with that. I like the Immaculate Interception more, but that'll be that'll be my terminology. You can have your terminology as is. Uh, and then he had the Auburn-Alabama game. So CJ Uzama, rough weekend. He joins us here on New York, New York. This episode is brought to you by Cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on Cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. All right, let's welcome back CJ Uzama, his weekly spot here on New York, New York. CJ, I hope the Thanksgiving holiday treated you well. How are you, my friend? I'm good. I'm good. Yeah, Thanksgiving was great. The family was here, um, which was very nice to see them. Hadn't seen them in a while. So, um, yeah, no, we had a good time. Uh, Obviously, the last time we chatted, you guys had these two big division games coming up against Buffalo and Miami, respectively. They did not go according to plan. And you guys continue to have some struggles offensively. And I could see it watching the game. I went back. I rewatched it on Friday. A lot of frustration boiling over. Obviously, you guys are very competitive. You're spirited. Uh, how do you guys kind of keep the positive vibes when things aren't going your way and, you know, you're unable to go and put touchdowns on the board? You know, you guys are positive, guys. I think you, in general, are pretty positive as well. How do you allow that to continue to be a trend even if things aren't going your way? Yeah, I think the main thing is just to stick together, right? Like, we're not... Obviously, we're not happy about it, right? Um, but I think for the most part, we kind of just talk to one another. We look at one another and we're just like, hey, look, like we're in this together, right? Like We know what we've been doing. We know what um, the hard work that you've put in, right? You, you, don't want it, you don't want it to be for nothing. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's, it's more of a just um, coming together as players. Um, I mean, obviously, the coaches are going to want you to be together and, and get through it together and... Um, you know, the coach speak is always going to be coach speak, but it's more, it's more the the guys, right? It's, it's more the, your brothers in the locker room that are kind of just like, Hey, like this, this is, this isn't what, what we've, what we wanted. The outcomes of the past four games aren't, aren't, you know, um, what we've wanted, but at the same time, you know, what are you going to do? You're just going to, you're just going to stop or you're going to, you're going to fight for your brother and fight, you know, fight for the team. So yeah, it is tough. It's frustrating, but, um, I think we've been doing a good job of staying together and sticking together for sure. So you've been in the league a long time. You've gone through all sorts of stuff. You guys go and make a quarterback change. You go from Zach Wilson to Tim Boyle. Um, does that change anything for you in general? Like when there's a quarterback change, you guys went through it last year on a variety yeah. of different occasions. Heck, yeah. I mean, you went through it this year with Aaron going down for poison in a year. How much does that change things for you and, and for guys within the offensive locker room in the huddle when there's a change at, hey, the most important position maybe on the field? Yeah, I think uh, it's always it's always um, an interesting time for sure, I think. Um, just just everything. Cadence, uh, 
how things are how um, things are set in the huddle, right? Like uh, there's a multitude of things that go on, but yeah, I think um, again, it's more of a we have to we have to understand that it's not like you know there's a, there's a quarterback change for us. It's not on Zach. It's not on one singular person, but they have to make a change. Um, and and Zach is is the one the quarterback positions the first person for the most part that's going to get changed, right? So um, we understand that, and he understands that. And um, yeah, as as a as someone who's gone through a couple of these quarterback changes, um, you're really just trying your your best to to fight for that person, right? So um, Timmy's doing a great job. Uh, you know, I thought he I thought he you know played played pretty well, and obviously not good enough for us to win at all at, at any position. But um, yeah, you know, you you want you want your guys to do well every time. So seeing Timmy in there, uh, great guy, great person, studies his butt off every single time. I mean, he's the backup. He's he truly is the epitome of I'm preparing, like like I'm starting every single week, and it's impressive. Um, so yeah, to, to to see him out there, you want to fight for him, you want to do well for him, and that's that's how all of us are. You know, all of us that week and this upcoming week are are uh, are doing our best for him to put him in the best position to to put us in the best position, really. So I'm glad you mentioned Tim Boyle. He's been around the league. He's backed up Aaron Rodgers in a few places, played in Green Bay a little bit, played in Detroit a little bit. He's got that tie-in in the New York area because he played his college football up in UConn. You're with the guy. You just told me he's a hard worker. Uh, any Anything else that Jeff fans should know, CJ, uh, about Tim Boyle and what he brings to the table? You know him better than we do. Yeah, I mean, I think, I think his knowledge of the game is um, – way more than most people would think maybe um again he's he's been in this system he knows the checks he knows all the checks he knows how to use his cadence i mean the first the first cadence that we had where they jumped off sides and we had a free play he he called it he was like oh i i promise you i will get them on this on the first cadence and we were like all right yeah like to us it's like all right cool sounds good whatever and then it happens and you're like oh he was he knew like he he knew what was up so um yeah no i think He's he's very intellectual. He knows the game. He understands the game. He studies the game. He knows his opponents, and he will, to the best of his ability, put us in the best position, no matter what, in each and every play. So, yeah, uh, I, I've been nothing but impressed with him. You know, I'm a big Dolphin fan. I'm in the stands Friday, and I'm not going to lie, CJ. I was pissed off right before halftime because Miami is dominating the game. Tua is finding Tyreek. He's finding Waddle, and yet the pick six happens, and I'm like. How is this a four-point game? Like, I'm sitting there saying to myself, this is going to be a four-point game going into halftime, and I feel like the Dolphins should be up by 17 to 20 points just with the way the game was going. And then we know what happened with Javon Holland. And, you know, CJ, there are actually people, and I saw this on, like, Twitter, and this is why Twitter can get you into trouble and you just see so much stupid crap on there. People killing you guys for throwing a Hail Mary. I'm like, of course they're throwing a Hail Mary. If they didn't, I'd be the first guy killing the Jets saying, hey, you're playing to win. You're at midfield. Take a shot. Maybe there's pass interference. Who the hell knows what could happen in that sort of spot? And I know it's a pick six the other way. I, CJ, I've been watching football for 30 years of my life. I'm 35. I've never seen anything like that. Have you ever in your life seen anything like that on your years on a football field? Yeah, I mean, I'm gonna say the uh, I'm gonna say the kick six Alabama is the one other time. Oh, that I've probably seen something and like I, that. you know, I was gonna get to Auburn, Alabama. <laughs> that's that's right. You were so you were on that team when that happened. 
I was on that team. So no, so outside. that would you got the so you got the highest, the highs, and the lowest, the lows. Now I guess you're even. You know. Yeah, yeah. So, so yeah. So <laughs> I have seen something similar too. Um, but in that situation, yeah. I mean, no. Like, and I didn't know. I mean, I, I've I've been staying off social media a little bit. Um, but I, I I didn't know people were kind of questioning that call. That's a call that you make ten times out of ten. A hundred, I'll take a thousand out of a thousand, a million out of a million, no brainer. Yeah, there's no reason to to not right. Like like you just said, you're playing to win the game. You're you're going against a divisional opponent, um, and you're and you're playing for your for your livelihood. You're playing for the playoffs. You're playing for everything, right? So yeah, that's funny that someone said that or that people are kind of saying like. I can't believe they threw that because if we wouldn't have thrown that, if we would have taken a knee, there would have been just as many. No, I'd be, I'd be killing you guys for that. A hundred percent. So, um, yeah, no, I mean, I hadn't seen, I hadn't seen something like that where it's a, where it's a Hail Mary return the other way for a, for a pick six. I've never seen that in my life. No shot. And and it almost feels as if it's powerless, right? If you're an offensive player, because everybody's in the end zone and you're trying to make a play, your fastest guys or all the way back. So yeah. from like where I was sitting, once I saw Javon Holland hit like the 10 or 15 yard line, I know my producer who's a Jeff fan, Stefan, he wasn't happy me at this particular time, CJ, but I'm like, he's gone. I'm like this, as fast as Garrett Wilson may be, I, I don't know how you catch him when, you know, a safety who's a punt returner has got a full head of steam there. Well, and the thing is, is if you think about it too, all the guys, like you just said, your fastest guys, they're going... 50 yards, they're sprinting as fast as they can, 50 yards into the end zone. And then they have to try to sprint back where, whereas everyone else is already in the end zone. And then they can just, you know what I'm saying? So yeah, it's, uh, yeah, it's tough as a, as a player, you're looking and you're just like, Oh no, like somebody trip them up, somebody somehow, some way, um, trip them up and, 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 and stop it. Right. Uh, so yeah, it was, uh, that was tough. That was tough. That was a tough. Is one that one that's like almost? I know you guys are competitors. I know at that point in time it's an eleven point game, but just like human nature in general, it's like it's easy to be defeated after something like that. Was was that just tough to overcome, CJ, in the second half for you guys, or was it just execution? No, I think you know, in our heads when we were in the locker room, we were like, "That's that's." I mean, again, I'd never seen it before, so we're like, "No, that's fluke. That doesn't happen." We're, we're still good. We're still fine. We're going to be okay. Um, and yeah, so that, that that really wasn't a factor of like games over. Like that wasn't what was in our heads. Our heads were like, like I mean, what the hell just happened? Like that doesn't happen, right? So um, t- as tough as it was, we were still we were still in a good place in the locker room mentally for sure. So the coaching staff's been going with a lot of the younger guys. That's obviously been a point of emphasis here over the last couple of weeks at a variety of different positions. I mean, you go through the roster, CJ. Seems obvious. Coach Salah, Coach Hackett, they're trying to get younger guys out there. You've been a pro about it, to say the least. I mean, every which way, go about your business, you do your thing, you're working your tail off. How do you kind of keep that sense of professionalism, man? Because you have. I feel like you haven't missed a beat. I, I feel like you're dotting your I's, crossing your T's. You're, you're typical CJ Uzama. Uh, how, do you, how do you go about that? Is that tough? Yeah, I mean, it is tough for sure. Uh, it's, it's, you know, I'm, I'm always wanting to be on the field as much as I can be, right? Um, so it's it's not ideal. But, you know, again, at the same time, you're – I understand the nature of the business. I understand what the what they're trying to to get done, right? They're trying to see 
you know, what they have on the roster, see what these young guys have or what they have in the young guys. Um, it is tough. Again, like it isn't, it isn't fun, but uh, again, at the same time, I, I just, I don't know. I, I love ball. I love playing. And uh, no matter what, I'm going to, I'm going to do everything I can at every, you know, in every second, I guess, or every, every opportunity that I have to play the game, I'm going to give it my all because it's given so, so much to me. So, um, yeah, I, I think, I think it's, I think it's twofold, you know, it's, it's wanting to give, give my all to the game and also to give my all just to the guys, right? Like, again, like I, I, I have such a good relationship with everyone that I play with that, um, you know, when my number is called, I want to be able to give them my best effort. Like I just said, like we're, we're playing for Timmy right now, right? We're always playing for your quarterback. We're always playing for, for your positional group. But again, at the same time, like I'm like, if I'm out there, I want to make sure I'm giving Timmy my all because Timmy needs, he needs all of us, right? Just like we need him. So, um, yeah, it's, it's tough, but at the same time, it's been, uh, it's been good to kind of see the young guys, um, and, and still show everyone that I'm going to put my best foot forward no matter what. Uh, have you, like, and obviously you're going to have your private conversations, but are there certain guys that they're like, man, we, we respect what you bring to this team? Because I would, CJ. Like, if you're in that locker room, you're a pro, you've been on a Super Bowl contending team, you obviously have football, NFL, leadership, acumen, all that comes with it. Like, I kind of feel as if if I were one of those young guys, I'd be like, dude, love you, bro. Have you gotten a lot of that? No, I mean, I think I think they know that. I think for the most part, the young guys know that. Uh, you know, I think we're we're there for them regardless, right? Like uh, Xavier Gibson, like I, I talked to him a fair amount just because um, I think he's an unbelievable player. I think he's going to have a really good um, and long career. Uh, and so, yeah, I think you know, you just you're, you're such I'm such like a big brother to some of the guys, right? And I, you know, see them as my little brother that. Um, they don't really have to say anything, right? Like, it's just like a mutual respect and they respect um, how I come about or how I go about work and um, they don't really need to say anything. So it's just kind of like a little nod or whatever. But um, yeah, not, not, nothing nothing too crazy. Obviously, Zach Wilson's going through a tough time. Uh, you're a quarterback and you go through adversity and you lose your starting job. Uh, that's tough. That said, CJ, I heard him the other day that was polished, refined, and like somebody who gets it. You know what I mean? Like when you have to deal with that and you got to face the music, he seems like a guy, no matter what's going to happen for the rest of his NFL career or his career with the Jets, he's working his tail off. Has that been the case with Zach since everything went down last week? Yeah, for sure. Um, there's there's so much growth and maturity that's that, that he's, you know, exemplified not only um, this year on the field, but just off the field with, with how he's handling things, how he's handling the media, how he's feeling these questions. Um, yeah, I think, I think he's done a great job. I, and, and again, I think to, to the point that I made earlier, we know it's not just on the quarterback. It's never just on the quarterback. But again, he's like, I understand that that's the first place that they're going to look to make changes on the field. Um, so, yeah, I, I think, man, I, I couldn't be more proud of how he's handling this, this situation. And yeah, he still comes in, come, comes into the building. He's ready to work. He's, He's ready, you know. If if anything comes to it, if they need anything, he's 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 always ready. Um, so yeah, he, he has that professionalism and that maturity and that growth. Um, and a young guy, I say young, like I got, I'm old now, I guess, but um, and a younger player um, that I think will take him take him a long way. Uh, obviously, not the result you and the Jets were looking for, but CJ, I think Black Friday at MetLife Stadium every year. 
that kind of I, I I know the league is going to be protective because everybody wants like their their shot. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. but I think it's kind of cool. Like Detroit has a Thanksgiving game. The Cowboys have a Thanksgiving game. Yeah. Uh, maybe the Jets should have Black Friday every year. I like the sound hey, of that. that. Hey, I enjoyed it. It was great. It, it really was. The atmosphere was electric. Um, it got cold, which which is. It, I mean, you noticed that when that sun went down, man, it dropped like 15 degrees. It dropped quick at the end of the game. I was like, man, it's like it, it felt like 31. I was like, hey, this is football weather. We're here, so no, I, I enjoyed it. I think. Yeah, to your point. I mean, everyone's going to be fighting and clawing for it, but I mean, I don't know. It was, it was different. It was different in Jet Life Stadium. Uh, and I hate bringing this up because I had a firsthand look at it. You guys went through this with an Achilles. Did you know right away that Jalen Phillips on the Dolphins popped the Achilles? Did you guys hear it? No. Well, I know some guys on the field said that they heard it. Um, oh, and that's that's because it was gruesome. Like the minute I saw him on his side, it was just like, oh boy. Well, I I, I didn't know. To be honest, I was like, what, what just happened? And then someone said, non-contact. And I was like, Achilles has to be Achilles, right? Like, it's not, you know, he was just getting off the ball. It's not like he was making a lateral movement. So, um, yeah, it's tough. You never want to see that. And, and you know, I, yeah, I, that, that sucks. That sucks that it happened to him. He's, he's, he's having a really good, really good year, really good young player too. Um, but, yeah, they, they, a bunch of the guys kind of knew, like, immediately, like, hey, it's just rough super super rough um i hate doing this to you because i feel like it's just been all sorts of negativity but i'm gonna pile on a little more just because i saw you down there what happened on that final play with albert see i was rooting for you guys i'm so sick of alabama Uh, like i I mean like when it rains it pours dude like you're thinking all right i'm getting a iron bowl experience you brought up the kick six like i forgot you were on that team by the way like i that totally blew my mind and then I'm like, you guys are going to win this game. Corner of the end zone, Miller. Did you know right away Milro had him for a touchdown or no? Well, no. Like, once he's throwing the ball, I'm like, <laughs> great, interception. And then it didn't happen. And I was like, wait, what? And then I said touchdown. I was like, surely he's out of bounds. He's got to be, right? He's got to And be. then you look and he's clear as day in bounds. And I'm just like, you've got to be kidding me with that. Um, yeah, no, that was heartbreaking. That was like that. I mean, like you just said, adding insult to injury of, of the weekend. I'm just like, you got to be kidding. There's no way. But then in my in my head, I'm like, hold on now. Like we we've done stuff. We've done stuff now. Like can crazy we, can shit happens in the Iron Bowl. I know. Right. So I'm like, KO kickoff return. I'm like, KOR. Can we do it? Nope. And then the the next two offensive players were just were just you know it's tough. It's tough in that situation in that circumstance. And um, yeah, it was that was a heartbreaker. That was a heartbreaker for sure. What would you say to anybody out there who's never – and, CJ, I want to go to an SEC football game badly. Like, it's on my bucket list. Like, at some point, I'm going to go, whether it's to Auburn or Ole Miss, Bama, one of these games, I'm going to go. What is it about the Iron Bowl, especially at your place, that just makes it, like, super cool and super special? Well, yeah, I mean, obviously the atmosphere is insane. I think this. I think because Alabama has no pro teams, everything is – everything's amplified with Auburn, Alabama. And so everyone's diehard to their core. We're not, we don't have a professional team to root for. We're rooting either Auburn or Alabama. And I don't know, just that whole experience, the whole atmosphere, Tiger Walk, leading up to it, the tailgates. I mean, it was, it was, it was incredible. The entire, it was, it was, it was the first time I'd actually been to an Auburn, Alabama as a fan. 
Well, I was going to say, so, because you're usually playing on football Sundays, right, so you don't have right. the chance to go. So that was your first um, Iron Bowl experience, not on the sideline. Yes, as a fan. And it was, it was incredible. It was, it really, like, it, and my girl was there and it was a 10 year reunion, the kick six. So everyone's just like, hoop, the, the, the hoopla of that was going on. It was awesome. It was, it was really, I mean, aside from the loss, it was a really, it was a really, it was a really fun, fun, fun day. All right. Final one, CJ. Um, now again, I, you might have everything you need. I know you could give me the answer, but I'm putting the guy, everybody's asking me, what do you want for Christmas? What's on your holiday wish list? And I'm like, I don't know, man, you know, like I got, I got everything I need, but I'm sure I'll think of something. I might want new AirPods. I don't know. I might want some, uh, some running gear, maybe some stuff for the golf club. So what's, what are, what are you asking your gal for Christmas? So the holidays, what, what are we looking at here? That's a good question. I, that's a good question. I don't 100% know what I need. Um, I'll probably ask for the usual, just some shoes. Okay, um, can't go wrong there. Can't go wrong with shoes or some clothes. Uh, jeans, jeans. I need pants. I have, I have, I'm not, I'm not exaggerating when I say this. I have well over 200 pairs of shoes. 200? Where do you, where do you put them all? They're in Nashville and here. So I have okay, two places. Okay, I was going to so say, I'm, you better have them split yeah, 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 up. Yeah. I mean, come on, 200. Yeah. Holy smokes, dude. I have um, well over 300, like, sweatshirts or T-shirts. I have about 10 pairs of pants. Well, I was going to say, I don't know if you're like me. I feel like since COVID, now all I do is wear the running shorts and the joggers. Well, That's it. Oh, Every yeah. day. If I'm wearing jeans, I'm only, if I'm dressing up, I'll wear jeans or suit right. pants, you know? Right. That's it. I just, I need, I need more pants. Like I, I have, I have probably 10 to 12 sweatpants and like 10 pants. Like I'm saying maybe, I don't even know if I have 10 pants. So I, I just mix and match with the same thing. So I'm going to, I'm going to ask for some, for some pants. And probably some more shoes. <laughs> well, listen, you can never go wrong. All right, CJ, right. good stuff, man. We'll talk to you in a couple of weeks. Keep the faith, man. We'll talk soon, all right? Appreciate it. Thank you. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. I was traveling internationally last year. I was in Mallorca. I didn't know the island well. I said, let me head to the north, head towards the water. Let me go on Hotels.com and see what they have available. Something preferably on the beach, maybe even a gym. Not only did I get those things, there was... A kid's session with exercise, gymnastics in the water, pony rides, a train. It had everything, and I didn't even want any of those things. But at least I knew they were there, just in case I changed my mind. And now finding the perfect hotel has never been easier, thanks to the Hotels.com app. Whether you're looking for a family-friendly, right, all-inclusive, or a relaxing spa weekend, you can find exactly what you need and compare hotel prices, ratings, and amenities side-by-side. Side. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app. All right, so we'll be back on Thursday. Get the voicemails in at 917-382-1151. We'll see if there is any more activity as far as the rumors and rumblings and all the stuff going on with the baseball. Uh, we know the Knicks now will be playing Milwaukee. All right, I'm glad I got I'm glad I got the schedule somewhat figured out now about this in-season tournament. We're playing in-season tournament that we're not playing in-season tournament. Now, now we're back to playing in-season tournament. Yeah, I mean, good luck trying try to make sense of all this. If you can, you, you're a lot smarter than I am. A lot smarter than me. Uh, but we'll have a Thursday show. 35 years old. It took me that long. 35 in what, six months? 
and I've become the old man yelling at the clock. All right, Jeff Money, what's your point for Thursday night? What up, JJ? Jeff Money here to handicap a pick be for Thursday, the 30th of Thursday night NFL football game. I'm going to roll with my Dallas Cowboys minus the nine over the Seattle Seahawks. We're going with the boys minus the nine. Of course, it's not part of the contest play, but that's going to be the Thursday night uh, play. And we're going to always follow all my daily plays on Twitter at Jeff Money. Okay, JJ, I'm out of here. Let's go. Uh, let's go, Jeff Money. Um, Dallas has been a wagon against mediocre teams this year. And Seattle is clearly a team that's trending in the wrong direction. Um, I know I got burned going against the Cowboys last week. I would never in a million years feel good about this pick. I kind of think Seattle is going to play a spirited, fired-up game. I do. I, I They have to. From their playoff standpoint of trying to stay in this thing. And they got extra time to prepare. So does Dallas, for that matter. I actually am going to wait on this as long as possible. Line opened at six and a half. It's at nine. I'm hoping I could get maybe a nine and a half or a 10. Uh, but I'm going to hold my nose and take Seattle in this game. I had the Bears the other night. We hit that. We had a winning week. Uh, we need multiple winning weeks to get this bad boy going. Multiple, multiple winning weeks to get this bad boy going. You know, I was supposed to go to this game, actually, in Dallas. Ended up falling through. I'll be honest, from my standpoint, it's almost better off because Friday I'm going to see Seinfeld de Borgata, which I am super stoked about. I mean, that is going to be some show. I love Jerry Seinfeld. And then Saturday I'm doing the Queens Baseball Convention with the SNY crew, which is not the best because Syracuse is playing Virginia at noon. So I'm going to be like walking into this thing with the Syracuse game on my phone. It's kind of, At least the big college football. Is going on later in the day. Like the Oregon Washington game is Friday. The Bama Georgia game is at 3 30. So I will be on my couch, relaxed, decompressing, watching Bama and Georgia. And then the Florida State Louisville game is Saturday night. So that's a little run through of the weekend. So me getting on a flight to go to 24 hours in Dallas to come back, long story short, probably the best. Especially knowing I'm going to be in Florida in a couple of weeks for uh, Jets Dolphins which I am very excited about. Magic number is four. I may have a wedding gift on the Dolphins to win the division. That magic number is four. Just throwing it out there. Good job by Steph. Ton of fun as always. We'll be back on Thursday. JJ out. Enjoy your Wednesday. Be good, everybody. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 100 Gambler or visit FanDuel.com slash RG. Colorado, Iowa, Kentucky, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Tennessee, and Virginia. Call 100 Next Step or text Next Step to 53342 in Arizona. 1-888-789-7777 or... Visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 109 within Indiana, 100-522-4700, or visit ksgamblinghelp.com in Kansas, 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit 100gambler.net in West Virginia, or call 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gamblinghelplinema.org or call one 800 
327-5050 for 24-7 support in Massachusetts or call 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY in New York.